Your health is our priority. Each series, it's our goal to make sure that we provide you with experts and guests that offer multiple perspectives so that you feel supported, empowered, and less alone. Like the work we do? Buy us a cup of coffee. Or tea. You can leave us a tip over at coffee.com slash the hip podcast, which is ko-fi.com slash the HIP podcast, or with the link in our show notes. When you buy us a cup of coffee, you not only support the work we do, but also gain access to early releases and downloadable resources. Again, that's coffee.com slash the hip podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Health It's Personal. Hey. Hey. Today we got to talk to Henry. It was amazing. It was really fun. Yeah, it was awesome. He's right in the middle of his senior year of high school. So it was so interesting to talk with him and his experience with anxiety and how he overcame social anxiety in one of the most social moments of your life you know for sure <laughs> right i feel like you should get a like a medal for that yeah. or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally he's an awesome artist too he does some amazing work amazing work he does a ton of portraits he does fine art he's going to college next year for graphic design yep yeah it's really cool he got to remind us a lot of what it's like to be in high school at that age mm-hmm. going through these struggles he talks about stress and anxiety and kind of how sometimes we can characterize anxiety as stress or how that manifests and it just kind of reminded me a lot of yeah what we went through at that age yeah he talks about the pressures of your senior year mm-hmm. you know what's funny about that is we have this nostalgia around a senior year right and all the memories that you have and all the fun things that you do but there's a lot of pressure yeah yeah you get pressure from yourself, from family, from schools, from teachers, friends, who knows, right? Everywhere. Yeah. Feels like it's coming from everywhere, I think. He talks a lot about his social anxiety and overcoming it between his freshman and his senior year. Yeah, yeah. That was interesting. I remember in high school, I had the hardest time showing up to football games or hanging out with friends or going to a party because I just built it up so much in my head. He was saying how you just got to do it. You know, you just have to go. And then the next time it won't be so scary. And I'm a huge believer in that too. Go for it. Me too. And I don't know how you felt during that time, but I kind of felt like I was on the outside looking in, kind of on the outskirts, kind of, especially when I did go to those sports games or different events, you know, I kind of felt like I was an observer. I didn't really feel like I was there. I didn't belong there. Yeah. 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 I remember that too. Something else I really love that Henry talked about was that they did a little car therapy at his school. Oh, yeah. So out in the parking lot, that seems to be a place where people felt comfortable to talk and they just get in the car and just start chatting. I think that's brilliant. What were you guys doing right now at this time of the year as a high school senior? So I actually finished high school early. Doogie. (laughs) I had a half of a semester of senior year, so it was like literally two classes out of six until December, and then I was done. So that made me feel weird about this time of year in my senior year, my technical senior year. Yeah, and so I was like, do I go back and walk? I didn't because I felt really awkward going back because I basically hadn't been there. I was already going to college classes starting around 16, so I poured my energies into that instead. Looking back, it's kind of difficult to imagine what it would have been like to have that normal experience and kind of Mm -hmm. think it would have been nice 
Yeah, because I definitely don't like doing things typically. Yeah, that's interesting. Sean, a little brainiac at college at 16. Did not know that about you. Me neither. Mom, what was your senior year like? I don't know. I My senior year was anxiety-ridden. <laughs> like, I didn't have the most support at home. And so mm-hmm. I didn't know what my next steps were going to be. College didn't even seem like an option for me. So I f- think I felt wow. kind of out of place because the school I went to, most people were heading down that track. Yeah. I mean, I did all the typical things, but it felt maybe a little empty because mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure where I was heading. Going through the motions. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't until I found that motivation, mm-hmm. you know, to do those things for myself that I felt excited for the next chapter of my life. So I think there was like a lull between my senior year and maybe a couple of years after when I actually did go to college. Totally. Well, and you ended up marrying the prom king. Hey. I whoop did. Whoop. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, but we didn't meet until 10 years later. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. What about you, Luce? I also only had two classes. Cool. I had a fitness class, <laughs> weight training, and I had like, I don't know, some leftover science or math or something. Okay. Um. So I think I only went to school for half the day or maybe one class was in the morning and one was in the afternoon so I did stay the whole day and I just kind of studied hang out studied for the SAT or did whatever you know I I don't really remember I mean McKenna was actually superstarring it I, d- I think okay. she doesn't remember <laughs> I remember that McKenna was superstarring it so where Sean and I had our like our roundabout way of finding our path McKenna was doing all yeah. the things she was starting the school yeah. newspaper. She started mm-hmm. the first mud run. <laughs> she played soccer. She played so golf. Cool. Oh, golf. We went to, st- golf went to state. I had an album out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she wow. made a music video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I think, I think that year when we went to LA for that music awards. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot. I was super, super busy. So even though I had two classes, I think maybe in between I was editing the school newspaper. I was starting my cancer mud run. I was like coordinating with the construction people for digging the mud moats and stuff and the vendors. And I was playing music on the weekends. So I was really busy. And I feel like I didn't super fit into Mm. high school. I feel like I just kind of did my own thing. And being busy really helped save me because if I felt alone and I didn't have all these things that I was interested in, I would have felt Mm -hmm. confused about my next steps. But because I was so motivated and always really driven, on point, was able to find (laughs) peace in that. Yeah. Rock star, rocking it out. Yeah. So I actually, I understand that completely. And that's kind of how I still feel to this day. And that's why I do so many things all mm-hmm. at once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm still the same. You are like that, Sean. I know. I think all three of us are like that. Yeah, totally. I mean, after we put the podcast mm-hmm. out, I mm-hmm. took a day off, but I still weeded the whole yard, you know, like I <laughs> Your day off was weeding the yard. Yeah. <laughs> like us ripping up the carpeting and like restoring. Yeah. The yeah. Exactly. You're like, day off. you're like, all right, I got a free Saturday. Let's get yeah. to work. You know, <laughs> let's build a fence. 
so I think we all have that in common and I think that's why we understand e- each other so well and also why high school wasn't our peak mm-hmm. no 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 no. some people really love high school oh, I yeah. also did not like college I like mm-hmm. real life <laughs> yeah you know and yeah. I knew from a very very early age that this was going to be my sweet spot from 20 two to 100 102 well I plan to live to be 150 but um, 152 so I feel very (laughs) glad to have made it on the other side but it I mean that's out of my 25 years 23 of those 22 of those (laughs) were spent in something Mm -hmm. that I knew wasn't my sweet spot and that can be a little unsettling because it's the largest chunk of your life so far but I know that from now on I'm just gonna gonna feel a lot more confident and comfortable with myself. Like comfortable in your own skin. Exactly. Yeah, high school wasn't my sweet spot either. <laughs> As you start getting older and older, it's cool because you kind of get to balance. Like you said, oh, that was the majority of my life was school, but now you get to start balancing it out, mm. which is cool. That's always fun. Yeah. Um, something cool that Henry was kind of talking about is tricking your brain, and Kelsey brought that up in her episode, and I th- yeah. and I thought that was an interesting point. Sometimes whenever you're not feeling how you think you should feel or how you wish you were feeling, mm-hmm. it's kind of nice to trick your brain into thinking that it's feeling okay. Mm-hmm. And Kelsey brought that up when she was talking about, if I'm not having a good day, you can put on Beyonce and trick yourself. And Henry was talking about how... You know, he would go to things and even though he felt a little awkward, he would trick himself into remembering that it was actually fun and he should be actually having fun. That's a good point. Yeah, I do that every day. I'm I trick myself (laughs) every day. I haven't found out yet (laughs) that I've done it. (laughs) Don't tell anyone. Don't tell her. Don't tell me. It's a secret. (laughs) I try not to say anything negative. I mean, I have my moments, but I try not to (laughs) say anything negative that's going to like come into fruition. So if I wake Mm -hmm. up in the morning and I'm like, oh, it is so dreary in general, I try not to ever say things like that because it immediately Mm -hmm. sets my happiness meter down Mm -hmm. a notch because I'm like, oh, well, it's already starting out a crappy day. (laughs) And then I just keep doing it. But if I don't say those things out loud, I'm like, oh, actually, this is totally fine. Yeah, then your happiness yeah. meter is like bing, 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 bing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, actually, I like overcast days. <laughs> I don't like an overcast yeah. day. And Sean's like, I love them. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it. I nice it. <laughs> <laughs> this is 30 Rock. It's oh. from 30 Rock. <laughs> Who said that? Kenneth. Kenneth, that's so oh, Kenneth says it. I don't mean it. I nice it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my God. He's like the master of tricking yourself, right? <laughs> he, yeah, he Being really positive. is. I know. We all could be a bit more like Kenneth. Aww. Well, we enjoyed Henry so much. He has such a good attitude, just like all of our guests. And I think we all were able to reflect on our time in high school, which we never get to do anymore or you choose not to or choose not to (laughs) and kind of remember what it was like so it's nice to talk to someone who's right in the middle of it and i hope you enjoy this episode so grab a cup of tea and enjoy health is understanding what you need being informed finding that balance of mental and physical building yourself a support system figuring things out on my own and not letting it hold me back 
you do kind of have to advocate for yourself. Because health, it's personal. Hi, Henry. Welcome. Would you mind telling the listeners a little about yourself and your relationship with anxiety? Okay, so pretty much just high school student, senior, trying to make it to college. That's the main thing if it comes to anxiety is when it comes to that, just because I have to worry about keeping grades up and and also just because surprisingly senior year relationships tend to like really change up just because everyone has this I'm leaving mindset. Yeah. So what are you wanting to do? So right now I have it. I, I put uh, graphic design just because I mainly right now I've just been doing more fine art stuff like charcoal and, and painting and everything. I pick graphic design because from like a financial standpoint, everyone needs graphic designers because I can always explore more fine art options on my own as I'm doing that. So I'm, I'm mainly focused on that right now and maybe a little bit of motion design because I want to learn animation. So we'll see what happens. That's really cool. It sounds like you have made a lot of progress and you have a lot of goals for yourself. You're coming into the end of your senior year. Was it always like that for you or how did things look when you first started high school? It, it definitely hit more freshman year when you're starting to figure everything out. At the start of senior year, it was still a little stressful, but grade-wise, I've, I've been doing a lot better. Uh, and dealing with stress and anxiety-wise, I've been doing better too. Okay. Because I, I got better at kind of setting a schedule of when I need to do stuff and setting my own deadlines. When before, I, it was more of not like a, not winging it, but it was just, I need to get this done. And then since I didn't set any personal deadlines it would be the day before and then i'd be like oh i procrastinate all the way till now and i'd stress get it done and then there would be more stuff that i'd have to do because i delayed it mm-hmm. so with that in that kind of way i've gotten a lot better with it but also since i'm kind of figuring more out and there's a lot more pressure being put senior year than any of the other years because it's the last year before college it, it kind of almost evens it out because there's more pressure but i know how to deal with it better and it's been great that you've been able to recognize that you need a schedule to help stay focused and that not having one can really cause anxiety and stress around schoolwork. Mm-hmm. A common theme that we found while doing this podcast is that there's a lot of stress and anxiety around academics. Do you think that's the main source of your anxiety or where do you think that stems from? Because I already got accepted to the college I want to go to. Now, I'm sure if like I hadn't yet and I was like really fighting to get to this college I want to make it into, it'd be a lot different. But since I've already made it, it's more of like a personal thing where it's just like, like I want to do good. I just, I, I want to kind of end the, the last year of high school, like stronger than any of the other years. Yeah, I like that a lot. I know that dealing with anxiety over the course of several years, you can come up with different coping skills. What are some of those that you use when you're at school to kind of relax, put your mind at ease, focus? It's kind of trial and error. So like I, I would try something and it would either work or not work. And then it, it's almost kind of built up mm-hmm. along the way. You also kind of see that there's, there's people that you're friends with and you want to work with and to do good. But as you work with them and everything, you realize more that they don't have similar goals as you or they're not as motivated as you are. Yeah. So when I was surrounding myself with those people, it also lowered my kind of my motivations. But no matter what, all these little pieces of work I did throughout the week would develop into the big picture at the end of the week. So you were like taking it in pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like how we learned from Michael Miller in our first episode. He's a student success coach and he kind of talked about how we can zoom in and zoom out. So maybe focusing on tasks one step at a time instead of getting overwhelmed by the big picture can be really helpful. Uh, has school always come naturally for you? 
some subjects came came a lot easier than others. But another thing that helped is I used to be so like scared to ask the teacher all the time because I didn't want them to be like, oh, this kid's coming up and talk to me, like asking me all the time questions and everything. But then I was like, okay, that's their job. So like I probably should go up and ask. <laughs> so then even if I don't get it, I'll ask them after and stay after class for more like one-on-one -on -one because when they teach a lesson, it's, it's meant for everyone, but it's only going to hit a certain amount of people. But there's still people that the way they're teaching isn't going to be personally for them. And so it wasn't for me so it never came easy but I, I make it easier by the way I kind of go about it do you find that it you procrastinate more for those subjects because they're tougher for you or do you kind of procrastinate all across the board because I personally have kind of gone through both myself it, it also depends and it could be a subject I love but for me it's mainly not if I'm not interested but if I'm not as engaged with it or even when it comes to art, if I have like a painting or something I want to do and I'm genuinely interested in what it is, I don't mind putting in the effort. It's happening now where I have commissions I have to do, but I've been doing so many portraits that I kind of fell out of it and I don't like it anymore. So I've constantly nonstop been procrastinating doing it because I have to put in the hours and I'm not motivated to put in that amount of time into something I'm not truly like engaged in and motivated to do. That definitely makes a lot of sense. Have you ever had a case where it's been something that you absolutely love to do that still kind of hits you and you still have to, you know, feel like you have to procrastinate during that moment because of maybe other factors? At least for me, I've learned that it's a lot harder for me to start it than it is to finish it. So I'll like I'll procrastinate the starting, but once I like see like, okay, this is getting somewhere, I can sit down for hours without procrastination and just go because I, I can like see the angle. I think that we definitely understand that, especially as teachers, we have students, we tell them all the time, you know, just getting started is the hardest part. If you could just get going, then it gets a lot easier from there. I was gifted a book called How to Win at College. And one of the tips in that book that I found so valuable, they were saying, if you get assigned an assignment, start it that day. Just start it a little bit because then you're more likely to come back to it in a week or in a few days and finish it up instead of letting the whole two weeks go by and then doing it all at the last second because those first moments when you're trying to start a project can be really intimidating. So going home right away and just starting it right off the bat, I thought was great advice. So I'm glad that you found success doing that too. Henry, is your art therapeutic or how did that get started and what do you love so much about it? If I'm stressed, I often doodle. So all my school notebooks look absolutely terrible. Or amazing, yeah. I, I don't know how, it just kind of like eases the stress and everything. It's almost kind of like an escape. Because I, I, since I enjoy it so much, I'm so engaged and focused on it that I'm not thinking about anything else. It's also a good stress reliever because for me, I can incorporate stress or how I'm feeling into the piece I'm painting or drawing, like an artistic expression in a way. That's great. Do you feel like you have a lot of support in having that time to just draw all of it out and just to get in that zone at school, at home, elsewhere, um, to just find that time to draw and just get through it? Yeah, definitely. I always have just because like I worked on this big uh, Santa Claus drawing a while back and it, it was like around like 16 hours. And I, I think I did like 13 hours worth of it straight because I just got so into it. Wow. But through that entire course of the time, no one, surprisingly, kind of worry, but no one walked <laughs> in my room. No one like. No one checked on you. <laughs> Is he okay? That's such a great point, Henry, because as a parent, I really struggle with knowing when 
to push or give guidance or know when just to leave my teen alone so he can figure things out for himself and find out the things that he likes and, and work on the things that matter to him. And so it's nice to hear that you had that space to do that. And um, it's a nice reminder for me as well. So you mentioned that your anxiety and stress started your freshman year. How does that show itself for you? Academic-wise, my anxiety and stress stores started coming to that first report card at the end of that first semester because then it really hit me like, all right, this is permanent, so I got to really up my game here uh, last year. But ever since I was a kid, I've had tons of social anxiety. Like, I wouldn't want to go anywhere. I had never even been to, like, a school event or basketball game till this year. I've always kind of been in the mindset where, like, if you have good people, then you can relieve that. The social anxiety aspect played a bigger role until I kind of found the people that were that support system. Yeah, that sounds super familiar. I had really bad social anxiety when I was in high school and college and sometimes now even. And I remember I would try to go to an event. And before the event, I would have so much anxiety and then about going. And then once I got there, I would be in the crowd or in the group and I would be kind of jumping out of my skin like I didn't want to be there. And I remember something that my mom always told me was you can leave whenever you want or there's going to be another party or whatever it is, but at least go and try. So then I was forced to go there and see that it wasn't as scary as I built it up in my head. And knowing that I could leave anytime I felt uncomfortable really put my mind at ease. What does that social anxiety feel like for you? So like every single time, even if they're friends I've known for years, every time I go to hang out with friends, my mind normally goes to like, oh, what if I can't hold a conversation? And then when I, when I go, it, it's never like that. If I knew I was going somewhere out to an event with people or like I went to hang out with some of my friends and all of a sudden I get there and there's like tons more people there than I thought, then it would make me almost uncomfortable in a way. If I don't get to that first step of like overthinking, then I can kind of calm it down a little bit. That sounds all very relatable and familiar to me, you know, for better or worse. I've been through those situations myself so many times, and hopefully that helps you in, in knowing that other people go through that as well. And I found that having friends or communicating with friends, whether you're going there or they're coming to your place, just letting them know you know, listen, there's going to be this many people there. Um, do you think that would help you if people were just more communicative about these things and just communicated better and said, you know, listen, this is what's going on and just to, you know, better prepare you? Do you think that would be helpful, I guess? Probably. Like, like now I've kind of accepted it where, where just, that's just not how life is, where things aren't always going to go as you plan it and just kind of take it one step at a time. Sometimes we just have to go with the flow, right? Because life comes at us fast, but um, it's definitely nice to communicate whenever we can. Do you find that students are usually open to talking about social anxiety or anxiety in general? Or do you think that it's a little bit hard to talk about it because there's such a stigma around it? I feel like the way that people deal with it now is, is very unique. Like one of the best things that, it can happen anywhere, but I don't know why. We call it like, like car therapy in a way where like That's really if you're cool. hanging out with friends, just like sitting in a, in a simple spot like a car and just talking about it you're not in like an open environment where everyone can hear what you're saying you feel more safe because you can just explain it you can just sit down and just laugh about it and make a joke about it it, can, it kind of relieves it a little bit there's a lot of buildup, which can also happen a lot because since people seem to be not as open about it like I even do it where like if I'm talking to someone about it 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 can go on for like 30 minutes an hour like it's just because you just have so much that you kind of just build up and then it just keeps going because you feel like you have all this stuff on your chest that you need to be able to, to just to get out 
Mm-hmm. And if it's someone that's really close to you, then you sit there and listen. But then you'll talk to them about it, and that opens them up to talk to you about it. And then like three hours passes, and you're both feeling a lot better, but then you got to go home. <laughs> that's amazing. So as we've been talking to some of our guests, I've noticed that they'll say things like, therapy's made a big difference, or exercise, um, my diet with anxiety. What are the things that you do to make you feel your very best? Uh, recently, I actually st- I started like exercising more and going to the gym and stuff because if I was really stressed and anxious, you can kind of run it off. And also stress eating and stuff. Before I could see a family size bag of chips and just be like, oh, that looks so good. And I would just slap my money on the table. But <laughs> like now if I see one, like it's, I feel gross. Like for me, I wanted to be able to like kind of be more fit. And I also wanted to just feel more like energetic and stronger because I felt like tired all the time. My main two things in my life that right now that help me with it at least are uh, exercise, and then art. It's almost like meditative. Like I get that nice mindset after and it just all kind of comes together and plays. So I kind of found over time that it's better to have multiple things because you almost build up a routine and they all kind of play hand in hand and like affect your overall anxiety and stress. And so I think that's the main reason I've been doing a lot better this year. That's such an amazing point. You know, it takes a lot of different practices, right? And it's not just one thing that makes you feel better. Yeah, I totally agree. I think you have to set small goals throughout your day so that you can have different things to look forward to and do activities that make you happy, make your heart happy, make your brain happy, are nutritious and good for your body. And then naturally, a daily routine will follow. So I think that's really great advice. I'd like to know, Henry, kind of what it was like growing up and learning about anxiety and if you had a strong support system? So I'd say for me, it was like 80% myself and, and then 20% other people because I feel like a lot of stuff, at least for me, people could tell me like, oh, this helped me out or this helped me out and this helped me out. Or like in general, I feel like when, you, when you're trying like desperately to find something, it's like a lot harder to find than if you just let it happen. That's such a great point. And I know that it takes so many years to get to the point that you're at and make such strong progress. So what do you think you'd say to your younger self to let him know that there's an end in sight? Little Henry. Yeah, little Henry. Um, <laughs> maybe just, almost, I mean, almost just like don't let it get in the way. Once I stopped thinking so much about social anxiety and I started getting more out there, so I kind of fixed it. All the way up to last year, I was very to myself, sat in the back of the room. I was always like kind of hiding from it. And that kind of kept me from being able to fix it. But then starting last year, I ended up figuring things out on my own and and kind of not letting it hold me back. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That first game I went to, I was sitting in the corner, like, like I was like super nervous, freaking out. Then when you hang out with friends, you kind of forget about your anxiety. And it's just like, I'm not going to think about what I'm scared of. I'm just going to have a good time. Yeah, that's such great advice, Henry, because you always think about the what ifs and um, something my therapist taught me when I was young was, or I mean, I think you taught me this too, mom. What if it happens? What if the worst happens, then it happens and then you move on. You know, if you go to a social situation, the worst thing that happens is maybe you, you know, embarrass yourself. But at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. And if that thing happens, then you just handle it and, and you're going to be okay. It almost sounds kind of like mean, but like no one's paying attention. 
if the worst would have happened, it's not like everyone. Now there could be situations where everyone in the entire place sees it. Like if you're up on the stage or something. Well, also that's what every movie wants us to believe. Like those worst fears, right? Every single time somebody's up on stage and gets embarrassed in a movie, we're like, oh my gosh. Well, and I was just thinking about a couple months ago when I choked on a huge cup of water and spit it all up on myself and on my computer at work oh no and everybody thought I threw up on myself oh, no. <laughs> and, th- and then I had to walk up to my editor with like a wet shirt and a wet pants <laughs> yeah <laughs> and hand her like my work <laughs> you know and those are the the things that we think are gonna happen at a party <laughs> but it it and doesn't have yeah. <laughs> yeah. just at work <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah, and I mean, I don't think any of them actually really noticed. No. What if we're thinking about the positive what ifs? So like, what if I go to this party and have a great time? I love that. What if it's the best car ride ever? <laughs> what if I, like, I see a, a unicorn on the side of the road on the way? Who knows, right? Who knows? Anxiety is thinking, what if I go and spill water all over my pants when I should be thinking, what if I see a unicorn on the side of the road? That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Or what if you meet someone at your office who notices that you spilled water all over your place and they think that's like the greatest thing ever and you become best friends? Who knows? Yeah. And they're like, I did that yesterday. (laughs) No, that would never happen. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, what if you're nervous to go into a social situation, Henry, like you were saying, but you know, what if you meet those friends who are going to be your support system for your next four years? It, at least for me, it didn't get easier for me to stop saying the what ifs and more got easier for me to just say, screw it. Yeah. You can't say screw it, Henry. This is PG-13. <laughs> you mean G. I think <laughs> G is the cutoff for <laughs> screw it. I like it though. No, I like it. Screw it. Just go for it. <laughs> yeah. Henry's encouraging us. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. Because social anxiety, all the what ifs are, or just anxiety in general, it seems that all the what ifs are always negative. Oh, what if something's bad? Oh, but what if I make good friends? But what if something's bad? Like it goes, yeah. like you can think about that positive thing, but you're not focused on the positive thing because it almost, you feel like it's unlikely because you're already so nervous to go. Did you feel like it gets easier the more you do it, the more you just go for it? It definitely did for me because the first time I did it, I was, it, w- it would always be really fun at the end, but like just getting there, that, that got easier. And it still happens today where it's just like, like I said, I still think like, oh, what if this happens? But I just kind of get past it. It gets easier because if you look back and you're like, okay, all these times I thought it was going to be bad and it was good. It makes it easier to go again when you think it's going to be bad. Yeah. I'd have to say just another like personal connection. I made one of my best friends that way because she was always having these parties, these get togethers, even though she has severe social anxiety, this is kind of how she worked through it, I guess. And she's always having these great parties with all these interesting people. And she kept inviting me and I kept saying no. And so she kept, you know, sending the invites anyways, and she understood, right, my hesitation. Um, And then she finally just said, listen, everyone there understands, at least they understand social anxiety because they're friends with me and my sister. And most of them already have it too. They also have social anxiety. So that kind of got me in the door. And I started going to these parties, these get togethers. And it definitely was easier every time. And I had fun and I kept staying longer. You know, I would stay for a little while, you know, get, get used to it. Um, and now we're like the closest friends, all of these people and myself. So it's kind of great. And I would have missed out on that if I had not just went for it. I think we've all figured out that going is never as bad as we make it seem, you know, before we actually get there. Yeah. When you are telling yourself that something's going to be really horrible, 
then you're kind of telling your mind and your body that this is something you need to stay away from. I know something I've been working on over the last few years is just going because then my mind realizes that it's not a scary thing. So then I feel that anxiety beforehand less and less. I think that's a great point. Like you, you might get in the habit of staying in like, well, I, you know, it worked well last time when I stayed in and didn't go. So I think it's really important to just build that opposite habit by forcing yourself to go and, and every time it gets easier because, wow, that was okay last time. And it kind of ties back into that whole procrastination thing too. I feel like there's a strong connection there where just getting started, right? That's, that's the hard part, just getting your foot in the door and then it kind of gets easier to, to stay and hang out. Yeah, I agree. What are some things that you're reading or listening to right now that make you happy or that you're inspired by? Okay, so so there's a few things. So one, when I when I draw for really long time, like I'm also plan, just like a nice like acoustic guitar. More simple things help me with my anxiety because it's almost less to think about. And also just motivational talks. Just those simple things can kind of motivate me to to do more or to like just get out there. You know, what we're trying to do with this podcast is just really help people know that they're not alone and that there's hope and that in your big, long life, those moments that feel really overwhelming don't last forever. And I think you are a great champion for that and also taking control and power over your own self. So that was really cool. Thank you. It was great talking with you, Henry. Thank you, Henry. Thanks so much. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Health It's Personal. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts for bonus episodes and new releases every Wednesday. Please listen, subscribe, engage, and send us topics we can explore that would help you on your journey. Because health, it's personal.